Hello, I'm Joshua Crocker. And I'm Kevin Liston. And this is Kicking for a Living. A podcast about martial arts and business from two martial arts instructors. So how are you doing this morning? Uh, so far, so good. Uh, it's been a long week, but I'm really excited for it. I'm excited for everything that we got going on. Uh, and I'm excited for, uh, we're doing our testing this week, so I'm really excited for all the people that are testing. The last couple of days have been nice because I've been able to jump out in some of the classes I don't always get to go to, and it's just been a lot of fun training so far this week. Yeah, it's been a while since since I was in a uh, Ishinru Karate class, and that was a lot of fun. Uh, it'd been a while since I jumped out there, so I really enjoyed getting back out there and getting to do it. I'd just been focusing on a bunch of other things and other training for a little while, so that was nice. Yeah, I've got a train in three different classes from each of our different instructors uh so different styles because i was in the kickboxing class um then i was in your jiu-jitsu class and then the same karate class last night it's been it's been wearing me out a bit <laughs> and so it, used to teaching some of that moving around and training this much especially a lot of calisthenics and workouts in those classes have kept me moving yeah it is definitely different going from being an instructor to being the student. It's it's good to step back and be a student on the mat taking a class rather than being up front and center teaching it. It's nice to do that every now and then. I notice, especially now that it's summer out, I sweat more too. I don't really ever sweat, but now that, except in heat, when it's hot out, is when I start to notice I sweat more. So that's also been different. Although the sweatiest I got was in jiu-jitsu because my partner was just a sweaty mess the whole time. Yeah, you get sweaty by proxy in that. <laughs> Pretty <right>? much. <laughs> uh, it's good to work out that good sweat. But that actually, that, that segues really well into kind of what we wanted to talk about, which is what to look for when you're looking for a martial arts school or a martial art dojo. Um, what, what are you looking for? What are the things that you're interested in? And kind of what are some... I guess you could say red flags when looking for certain schools. And even some green flags, too. What are the good things to look for? Right. Um, so I say let's go ahead and jump in it. We've been working hard, give ourselves a little bit of a break uh, from the physical training, uh, give ourselves a little bit of mental training and talk about you know some of the things we might look for uh, or we might encourage other people to look for when they're looking for a martial arts school. So the first thing, because a lot of times when I talk to someone new uh, who comes in, they're interested in classes, whether they know a lot about martial arts or not, they usually are curious what style you teach regardless. They may have heard about different styles and they just want to know what your style, your specialty at your school is. Starting from that angle, where do you think that plays an important role in looking for a dojo? I think a lot of people simply want to know what you teach. And I think that happens because obviously martial arts has been around a long time, but when you think about what are some popular things about martial arts, you think of things, most people have heard about it from movies like The Karate Kid. More recently, people might have heard about it from UFC and MMA have made a big, a big impact. And so I think people really want to know, you know, not necessarily a specific style. Like, if you say, I teach Ishinru versus Gojinru versus Shotokan, the average person's not going to know. But if you say, we do karate, that's going to ring a bit of a bell. If you say, we do jujitsu, they're going to be like, okay, maybe if you say judo, they're going to have some kind of idea as to what to expect. For the most part, not always. Some people are, it's all new to them. But I still think they want to know more what am I going to learn and less what is the name of what you're teaching me. So then for, for kind of that different styles and maybe what you're going to be learning, because I think the first thing I realize is that there are different interests in martial arts, so that might affect your dojo. And I don't want to end up going on some tangent about what the best dojo is, if that's not what you're looking for, if you're looking for more fighting and, uh, like you said, MMA, that's going to be different than what I might suggest to you. 
So then where, what, is there kind of big categories you see or would feel when looking for a dojo? And are some of those valid or some maybe a bit off base? I think that I like where this is going. I think to dive into it, we need to break it down to, is this a parent looking for their kid or an adult looking for themselves? Does that make sense? Yes. So let's start with, it's a parent looking for their kid. Let's work age low to high. I would say that for me, for the most part, when a parent comes in and they're looking for their kid for martial arts, they're looking for what is going to help my kid uh, learn how to stay safe against bullies and deal with bullying at school. Um, and kind of like our last podcast, help them with their confidence. Those are the big things that a lot of parents are looking for when they want their kid to get involved in martial arts. Are those. Occasionally you'll get a parent that's interested in their kid doing competition, which is great. That's another avenue. Sometimes they might be looking for their kid to just have fun and meet friends. Um, That might be another avenue. But generally, from what I've seen, it revolves around a lot of stay safe against bullies in school and build their confidence or what the parent's looking for. So if you were talking to a parent who was new to martial arts, trying to get their kid into it, and they walk into a school on their first day at the school, is there maybe a few things you'd tell them to keep an eye out for? All right, so now we're... See how it goes? Yeah, yeah. So now we're getting into, you walk into the martial arts school, you know, you kind of have an idea, or you do have an idea of what you want from uh, from martial arts for your kid. What do you look for? So... Starting from, like you said, they walk in the dojo. Number number one, look for organization. I would say if you go into a dojo and you see a bunch of students kind of running around on the mat, you can kind of tell who an instructor might be, but it looks more like they're just kind of doing stuff on their own. That might be a bit of a red flag. On the opposite side, a green flag would be if you walk into a school and you can see an obvious class and you can dictate, okay, that's an instructor, they're leading the class, so they're helping this group of students, and the students are are working with it. You see some semblance of organization within their classroom, that's going to be a green flag. Um, I say that because... If you have, if, if I went into a classroom, even at a school, like a public school, and the kids are just kind of doing whatever, I'm going to say, what are my kids learning? But if I can see there's structure, there's an idea, there's a concept, there's a, an instructor leading it or a teacher leading it, maybe there's other teachers going around helping and assisting, that gives me an idea of, okay, this is good, this is structured, there's a goal set in mind for my kid, they're not just going to be running around does that make sense yeah and you want to go for see that organization and and i'm thinking also about like when i would walk in and i want to know who maybe the instructors are you said you want to know who's in charge and as i'm maybe looking at the instructors i think that's a big thing too Uh, one of the first things i thought about was that maybe diversity of the instructors, that if it's a school that maybe has one head instructor and they're kind of the big deal, that's always rubbed me the wrong way. And I feel like I've had more negative experiences in schools that have kind of that one great teacher and it's all about them. And even if they're they're a good person, that can sometimes cause problems. Um... So I would look for maybe a school where there are multiple people who are, to some level, teaching classes, helping out there, uh, especially if it's a bigger dojo. If it's a small dojo of just a few students, I guess it makes sense that you may mm-hmm. only have one instructor. Right. But the larger that school is, you need more instructors to help with that. And if those instructors come from different backgrounds, that's even better. I feel that we have a lot of instructors from different backgrounds, at our school. Yeah. Not to absolutely. say 
there aren't areas where we're maybe lacking in diversity of our leadership. And it's something I've had conversations about wanting to improve over time. It's not an easy thing to do because you want your instructors to fit in and come from your system and not just be an outside hire. At least from my perspective, that's kind of always been our philosophy. Right. So it's hard to grow your diversity sometimes because you can't just force it. But it's also important because it's not always about you. It's about your students. You want to have every student who comes in have a way to feel comfortable. And sometimes that means different people to work with, that they can have other people who relate with them in different ways. And I was, we, we talked about this some last week, that it's important to have those different people to work with. And that's another thing to look for in a dojo. Whether you're looking for your kid or yourself, can you, how do you relate to the people leading you? Because those are the people you're going to be spending your time training with. And if they, if you can't connect with them in the end, you're, you're not going to get as much out of your training. Yeah, if you have instructors that you can develop really good connections and bonds with, definite. And that might some that might be something that you could see on your first day a little bit, but maybe if they do like a week or two week trial, you can kind of get an idea. Um, because, as you said, it's that it's that idea of if I have a school and this is the one head instructor and they call the shots. And you see this head instructor lead everything, and then you you notice this like group of black belts on the side, kind of doing nothing. That that might, like you said, rub you the wrong way because you would want at the end of the day an instructor's goal is to make their students grow, and if one person is heading everything and they don't have other people helping them, those other people are not growing. They're not building their instructors. They're not building their uh, the diversity, like you said. You should always be looking for ways that you can grow because that's going to help the students grow. So looking for that and saying, oh, okay, you know, you walk in, you see it. Maybe you talk to uh, another uh, instructor who's there who greets you or a program director or someone in charge at the desk, and they say, oh, this person's leading today's class and these two people are helping out you see, okay, there's an older man and an older lady and then a younger guy there. Now you have some diversity in that training. I think that's really good to have when you're looking for a school. I think even one easy way when you go in uh, for your first class or you're there for your first couple weeks to see what the leadership of a dojo is like, look for any sign of a leadership team. Uh, Look, do, do they have a maybe a patch on their uniform that signifies their leadership team, some sign on the wall showing off their team, and in classes, can you see members of that team helping out? One of the first things mm-hmm. you'll see when you walk into our school is on the right, I have a, a sign of, excuse me, I have a picture of every one of our squad member posted on the wall. So anyone who walks in can see our leadership team, see their name and rank, and know who they are, so they can know to expect these people to help them in class. And I think that's important because as you get to, it shows that they're building up their own students to be leaders. And that just, I think that is so important in having a good dojo. I mean, right here on my computer right now, I have the invitations to our newest squad invites, our leadership team, ready to go. Because I'm always looking to grow the students and help them in that way as well. And so looking, it's interesting because from a business perspective, if you walk into a dojo and you see an instructor team or a team of squad members and leaders, whether, like you said, that's posted or whether they have some way of signifying or distinguishing that, and you can see that you know that this school is looking to build and grow their leaders. What parent wouldn't want that? What you know, As a parent, if I'm going to get my kid involved in the school and I see that they're investing in growing leaders and um, their leadership program, that's probably going to be good for my kid to learn versus 
you know, I go into a school and I see, you know, what they're learning might look great, but if they don't have room to grow, it's like a job. If you get a job and you have no room to grow and you just kind of cap, you know, you've hit your growth potential. You're done. It stops. Always looking to grow is something that's important to look for. And that might not be easy to see, so there's ways you can uh, look for, like you said, we have pictures of all of our students, our squad on the wall with their name and rank. Ask someone there, hey, who are your instructors? How do I tell? Sometimes it's things as simple as the ones in the black uniform are the instructors, the ones that have a collar, the ones that have a patch. Uh, sometimes they don't have it that obvious, but they'll introduce you to them. I was going to say fun. one thing. When you walk in, does someone introduce you? Uh, we always try to make sure someone is there to introduce you. Because when you walk into somewhere new, you want someone who can tell you what the, the vibe is, what is expected of you that day. If you just walk in and are like, I guess we sit here and you go out there and do class then you're just going to be confused. You want someone to give you that confidence that here's what to do your first day. Right. You need someone there to greet you. Now, on that, like you said, the size of the school. If you walk into school, you're looking for martial arts for your kid, and you see an instructor uh, teaching, and you go, you sit down, have someone acknowledge you. Even if you know there's not another person there, or you see someone in the office talking with someone else. But as long as someone acknowledges that you're there, that's good. If you get completely ignored, well, I think that answers a question in and itself. You've gotten completely ignored. Um, so knowing that someone's there and is going to take an interest and a value in you, it, they might have to finish their class first in order to go over there, or they... Uh, program director might have to finish a meeting with another student, but some kind of acknowledgement. Actually, that's one good thing that you brought up about having a leadership team. Our squad members are really good about introducing themselves. Hi, how are you? It's your first day. Oh, they're teaching class right now. Or, oh, they're in the middle of a meeting. They'll be with you shortly. You guys can have a seat here. They'll show them the chair. That's, that's great. That is an excellent sign of a good dojo if their own students can kind of greet you like that. That That's a good one. And for anyone out there who is more on the teaching side of martial arts, that's something you should try to implement whenever you can, is teach your students, your leadership team, to greet others and some of that off-the-mat uh, expectations. Because if you're teaching uh, your students those ways that you they can help lead both on and off the mats, I think that's huge too. So as a teacher, as someone working at a martial arts business, school, something else to look for that you can implement and that you can make sure if you aren't already doing, I think we see that pay off a lot in our school is that we have a class dedicated to just introducing yourself to new people. And because of that, our team is really great at introducing themselves because they had that practice. Right. So, other things to look for. And again, this is walking in. And this is a, primarily a kid or a parent looking for their kid. You go in, make sure the school's clean. Make, make, make sure that they take pride in cleaning the school. I actually think it's a really good sign if I walk in and I see someone cleaning something. Because, man, there are martial arts schools and gyms out there that are just gross. If they don't, you got people, like you said, you were sweating a lot. Sweating all over the mats. They're on there with their bare feet. And we do that because shoes get dirt on the mat, so hopefully their feet are clean. But if they don't clean and sanitize those mats, like, on a regular daily basis, that... That leads to staff and things like that. So cleanliness. In fact, I will attest that that is the reason that you started martial arts. It's because the dojo you went to was clean. Yeah, I remember the <laughs> other school we went to. Like, you didn't even take your shoes off to get on the mats. Like, and I just spent the whole class punching something. And the guy was like, punch better. <laughs> uh, 
So probably, yeah, that, that was probably a big part of it. Cleanliness. So martial arts school and owners, clean your dojos. That is easily noticed how clean a place is, especially if people do their due diligence and try out multiple places. A lot of times people will stick with the first place they go to. They do it here. We encourage people, oh, you have a trial lesson at these other places? Try them out. Because it will be very evident the ones that clean their school and the ones that don't. And if you don't clean your school, and then they that it tells me they're not taking pride in those mats in that facility. So cleanliness is a really big thing to look for. At the moment, we're having a bit of a problem with students coming in barefoot. Uh, and I can't talk too much because I go outside in the parking lot barefoot pretty much every day. So I need to watch what I say here. I've been trying to start wiping my feet off, though, especially for our new mats we just got in. I've noticed if I step on the mat out wiping my feet, I can see kind of some dirt follow me. So mm-hmm. I've been making sure to wipe my feet. Now, the last part of this story, the tangent I wanted to talk about, is when I went to a tournament recently, I didn't want to put my shoes on as we were walking out, as I was walking out to my car, because my sh- I have bad shoes. It's a whole thing. But it was like three in the afternoon. I walk out into this parking lot, and my feet were burning. No point right. to the story. I just wanted to tell you I went outside in a parking lot with no <laughs> shoes on and it hurt. It, it, I don't know hurts. why I did that. Right. I started running to my car and the other instructor with me there, she's just laughing at me as I throw all my stuff down and climb in my car real quick. Because uh, us, like every other business person that works, sometimes life gets busy. But you, you've, like you said... Got to take the time to, to wipe those feet off, clean the mat. That's why we clean the mat. We get it. We understand. Not everything's going to be perfect, but man. But it's taking that second just even when you walk in and be like, if I was just outside, I need to clean my feet. Right, wipe them Shows down. that care for what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And, and we go outside sometimes in the parking lot to catch parents, to talk to parents, because I think that's another thing. You want a school that is involved with not just the kid, but the parent too, if you're looking for your kid. Because it shows they're really invested not in just teaching their students how to punch and kick and then kicking them back out the door. But they they really do want to help the student grow. So they're going to tell parents how they're doing after class. Be like, little Timmy did great today. Um, he was focused. Uh, I, I appreciate how loud he was. It's small things like that that also show... They care about their students past just when they're on the mats. Yeah, there's a there was a term in martial arts for schools that have their revolving door where they do a lot of marketing to get people in, but then once you're in, they don't really care. You go out into class, you, you either do well or you don't. There's not a whole lot of investment. And so if you see those instructors going out talking to parents, if you see the instructors, you know, engaging with the students and the parents outside of just, hey, class is over, get out of here. But uh, at the end of all of our classes, we have, with our littlest group, we have them come up, they give us all a high five. Our older students tend to do that, but we don't, we never implemented it. It just, some it's a culture that built up where they come up and they like high five us, hey, thanks for being here, thanks for class. That little, if you can catch that little extra engagement, that's a good what we would call, say, green flag, something to look for is those instructors engaging with the students outside of just, all right, yay, we're done with class. Oh, look, they're talking to this student. They're giving this student a high five. They're having a conversation. They're talking to this parent. Those are good things. That shows that, like you said, that investment. Yeah, I love whenever a student can come up and they just want to ask a question after class. Even when... They are sometimes very dumb questions. <laughs> or it's that one kid who just wants to hear their voice over and over again. Oh, yeah. I still like getting to talk with the kids after class. It's a nice little moment that I always appreciate. They come wow. up, give you a high five. They want to talk to you real quick. Yeah, I think it shows that they trust you. Yeah. Which is good. Which is good. Uh, so, 
let's talk about now, because we've talked about when a parent brings their kid in, and I do want to talk about what to look for before you go into a school, but before we do that, let's talk about an adult real quick. So this is an adult looking to get into martial arts for themselves. This is where I think the type of martial arts you do might be more applicable to them. They might be looking for something specific. Like, a lot of adults look for jiu-jitsu. That's actually our number on Google. That's our number one search that brings people to our website, is jiu-jitsu. So I know a lot of adults are looking for that. However, you also have a lot of adults that maybe they don't want to go that route and they're looking for karate, or you have a, a lot of women that are looking for a women's only cardio or kickboxing or some kind of class like that. What do you think uh, an adult should look for? Because you're a little bit younger, and so I'd be curious your perspective of what do you think an adult uh, is going to be looking for? What do you think they should keep an eye out when they go into that school? That's tough, because as you say, they might be looking for something different, and I always am much more the looking for kind of just the karate, more lighthearted training with self-defense. I just want something to keep me active. And we see sometimes people who are more, especially I find jujitsu, mm -hmm. can be a bit more of, I guess, hardcore uh, people training. That may or may not be the right term, but that's kind of the different vibe there. And I don't relate as well with those students, the ones who are in it a bit more for competition or stuff like that. Even the ones who are just in it to get stronger. I do it to stay active, but it's not really my number one fitness uh, goal. We, we talked about what's our why last time, and I, I don't do martial arts to, you know, get more fit, to up my cardio. I'm already in pretty good shape because I've been doing martial arts forever, and I walk a lot. I walk around town a lot. But I'm more looking for a dojo where there is kind of that community but also yep. a part of that students who are having that open mind of wanting to learn and that you can work with someone and it's kind of you get to play around and see what you can come up with and as an adult who you have a better understanding of your body what works for you and what doesn't that you can work with a partner who might be like hey I'm having trouble with this move I want to try it different so more so that you can let the mats be your laboratory where you get to figure out what works for you, figure out what mixes well and what doesn't. I think that that's a great thing to look for where there's kind of that open-minded aspect. And I think you brought up a, a important word and that was community. I think a lot of adults, when they go into martial arts, they might have an idea in mind of, oh, I want to be a high-level competitor and I want to go out there and kick the crap out of everybody and things like that. They might think that. But I think a lot of times they're looking for a community of like-minded individuals. So if they want to do heavy competition, they need to find a school that focuses on heavy competition because everyone there is going to be wanting to do the same goal. If they want to learn self-defense, they need to find a school that focuses on the self-defense aspect of their training because everyone there will want to learn that self-defense. If they want it for cardio... If that's their goal, they, they will find like-minded individuals wanting cardio. And so having a school that is very clear about what type of training you're going to get. Like, I will admit, even though I do a lot of jiu-jitsu, our jiu-jitsu is a lot more rooted in self-defense and the techniques. We're not a heavy competitor school. And I tell people, if they're interested in competition, I will tell them straight up, and we don't train a lot for competition. And I can get you in contact with people that do. And I can be completely open and honest and say, hey, if you want to compete, I can set you on the right path. And I've had some people that have switched schools or gone somewhere else because that was the path they wanted. I've had some of them that just based on my honesty stayed with us and still competed anyway. But I think knowing what you really want out of your martial art training and making sure that the school is honest about that when you talk to them. So I guess you could say, 
if you go into a school and they say, we do a lot of self-defense, 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 and then you go and jump into a class and they never talk about an attack, a bad guy, a bull. They never talk about anything self-defense. It might be a bit of a, maybe you should talk about them and be like, so what do you all do? Where's your self-defense come from? To get an understanding and kind of see their answer. If they give you a legitimate answer, great. If you kind of feel like they're tiptoeing around it or kind of giving you a, a runaround answer, they probably don't really do that. And that's unfortunate because they're just they're trying to market to something they don't do, which is going to segue into my next topic. But I but would bef say before we yeah, get into that, just to finish on that idea of you know the community at the dojo, it's I see every adult student we have ends up falling into some group. They find those like-minded people right. that make their training more worth it. Or, or let me rephrase that: every adult student who is very invested and a dedicated student, the high ranks, the advanced students, the newer students who have quickly found a passion for this, all have founded a group of people who they chat with after class, who they joke around with. Sometimes in class, I was in that kickboxing class the other night, and all the students were joking around, and they were even joking with their instructor because... She gets to know each one of them and builds that connection with them. So I think that's uh, that's where you can kind of see that. And if you're an adult who starts martial arts, see if there's going to be people who you can relate with and grow with because that growing with other people makes everything easier. And as an adult, it, it can be hard to find friends sometimes when you don't have that... Mm -hmm workplace or school environment that forces you to interact with people so finding something that you want to do or people that you want to be around is going to help out a lot yeah i would say especially adults that that community one of the greatest things you can get assuming you can find a good community of like-minded people yeah it, it's funny I, I would expect the kids to be the ones making the friend groups more often i don't know why but i would expect the kids to be the really friendly chatty ones and they are but it sometimes takes a couple years for the kids to really get close friends for that first year usually the kid just comes in for their class uh, and then heads back out and that they don't really have any close friends for that first year i find out i find because they have that maybe school environment where they mm -hmm. do have other friends, they have their family, that this is just a place they go to do something fun. And over time, kids will find other people there. But I think it takes longer with them versus adults. It's going to be something that you either find in that first month or two, or you don't find it. And that's something you, can, you should definitely look for in a dojo. How quickly do you find people who... Uh, that you can joke around with, uh, talk to, chat with, that you like to be around. Because if there's no one there you like to be around, then eventually you're going to lose interest. Yeah. Almost well, always. The, the greatest training in the world won't... It's hard to offset if you don't enjoy the people you're working with. <laughs> if you enjoy who you're working with, your training's always going to be better. Anyway, so you, you were talking about another thing. Yes, so I, I wanted to bring this up because we've talked about if you go into the school, but I want to talk about what to look for in a dojo before you even step foot in. Basic, let's be honest, most people find out uh, martial arts schools by going online and Googling martial arts near me or karate near me or whatever the case may be. They find it online. And there are definitely things to look for when you're searching online that are going to give you an indication. I bring this up because we've had several students that have moved. And they say, hey, we want to continue our martial arts journey, so we're going to find a school. And I will say, well, hold on. Tell me where you're moving. Let me do some research in that area. Look schools up. Maybe give a few a call. Because I've been doing this long enough. I can get an idea for you and I can usually narrow it down to 
I think these three are going to be best suited for your needs. So some of the things that I look for are obviously the Google rating. Most martial arts schools are going to have a high Google rating. You just don't see many martial arts schools under a four. And so honestly, when you look at a four rating on Google, that seems really great. If a martial arts school has a 4.0, that's probably a bad martial arts school. That is a low rating. Most martial arts schools are a 4.8 or higher. And that's just because people love martial arts. They love when their kids get involved. And so the rating, you have to really, when you're looking, look at what the ratings are for. Look at how many of them and look at what, what people say. Obviously, you're going to read the low ratings first. So the number one thing I look for is, does the school and the owners respond? What are they saying about the school? Do the owners respond? That can usually give you a pretty good indication of this if this is a school. I'm not saying that if they have a one-star rating um, or a one-star on one of their many reviews that it's bad. If the owner responds in a good way, it could actually be a very good thing. But knowing that they're engaged with their online community, just like we talked about them being engaged in the school, is going to be something you want to look for in a martial arts school. If you see a bunch of ratings and there's no response, they're not very engaged with their online. These are their students that are leaving these reviews, or former students, so they should want to be engaged with them. That would be one thing that I would definitely look for, is that kind of engagement outside of the dojo. And it's so easy to get missed. It's so easy to get missed. Especially if you're a business owner, you've got to engage with those people on that. Because that's what's going to drive people to your website. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah, more engagement bring, brings up your website more, gets more people clicking on it. The uh, other things, so you kind of look and you say, okay, these ones have good ratings, the owners look very engaged, or the school itself looks very engaged. You go to their website. Now, this might be a me personal thing, but look at the images on their website. I was going to bring that up. Yes. <laughs> go, go ahead, because I think we're going to bounce back and forth on this one. See if their pictures are from their school or not, or if they're just like stock photos. For example, if they have like a page that's about their kickboxing program and one of the pictures... It's just a lady standing in the field with her arms out in, like, a dress. Nothing to do with martial arts. Well, then, clearly, they didn't take the time to update that page. Cough, cough, myself. <laughs> I, I, I read, I've been in the process of updating one of our pages on our website, and I noticed there was a lot of stock photos that did not fit the program at all. And I was a bit disappointed that, oh, how did I miss this? How have I not changed these pictures to actually be... From the class it's about. These are just stock photos, not even about martial arts. So I've been trying to go throughout our website. And it's not easy. There's a lot of pictures on there. But make sure any right. of the stock photos become photos of our own classes, our own students. Right. And I'm not, I'm not saying if you go to a website and there's some stock photos that you should avoid that school. No. But what I am saying is that when you, when you go to their website and you see the instructors page. You should have a picture of those instructors, and when you go in, you should recognize them. Kind of like our board on the wall when we walk mm -hmm. in. But if you look and you see a bunch of pictures and you notice there might be a few stock ones every now and then. Maybe those are working like us on getting replaced. But if you can see images of a school, look at the background and say, okay, they have gray walls and some bags. Look at this next image. Gray walls and some bags. Look at this. Okay, you can tell this is the same facility. But if you're looking through and every picture looks like the training is in a different location, these are all clearly stock photos. Stock photos are great. They're there for a reason. But again, we try our best to make sure, this was a mission I had, was to try to make sure we have images on our website of our school of our dojo because that's what you are going to walk in and see. And we want our website 
are sight to reflect what you're going to see when you walk in the door. And if those do not reflect the same thing, that is going to be an instant indication that that school's only worried about their website as marketing, and they're not trying to make that cohesive experience. I consider that a bit of a red flag. It's not a no-go for me if I'm telling someone to visit there, but I will definitely tell them that. I will say, hey, they had a bunch of stock photos, so I don't really know what their school actually looks like, and I don't really know who many of their instructors are, save the one instructor on their page. That's another thing. Websites I've looked at, I feel like pages with their instructors are rare. Uh, and I would want to see mm-hmm. on a website for a martial arts school pictures and a short bio of each of your instructors. So check right. to see if they have that. It, it annoys me when I look because sometimes I'll look for like tournament information and I want to kind of know who the instructors are there so I know who to keep an eye out for. And they just don't have an instructor page. So that's something that look out for that. Because that shows you, again, we we talked about this earlier, also the diversity of their instructors. Do they just have one head person and the whole Mm -hmm. school's about them? Or do they have other people teaching their classes uh, who are trained to teach? Right. Uh, So there's there's two things, because you already kind of brought it up. This would be what I consider a red flag. So you go to a website, looks all good, looks great. You go to the instructor page, and you see this bio and picture of this one head instructor. So you've only got one. And I say this because I I know this happens, and I've seen this happen, and I know exactly what school it is. I won't say any names because I'm not trying to throw anyone under the bus. But here's this page of this head instructor. You go to that school... And then you never see them. You don't see this head instructor. And you ask, who is this person? And they say, oh, well, they own it, but they're not really around anymore. That's a red flag. If you're going to be the head instructor of your school on the website with all your degrees, all your history, and you see all this um, text and all these great achievements from this one person, and then you go try out a class and you find that that person's not really around anymore... That's a red flag for two reasons. Number one, why are they not around? And number two, why don't they have the other instructors who took over on the website? So, I'm just saying, if you go to that, it's kind of like you said, this one person. Mm -hmm. Now, if the head person's there and they're teaching, okay, this might be good. Make sure they have a good leadership team behind it. But if the head person that totes themselves all over the website isn't even around anymore at least make sure they have the other instructors up on the website. Because if they don't, they, they clearly are not invested in their own instructors. And that, that upsets me. And so I don't think that that would be a good... I don't think it's good for a school to do that. I think it's a little misleading. And I don't think it's uh, good for promoting their school and uplifting and building their instructors under them. You, you want transparency. You, you want someone who's that, going to... That's the word tell you when you talk to them when you look at their website what you're getting you don't want someone who's going to skirt around what they teach just try to get you to sign up they're going to be honest about what they train they're going to be honest about who their instructors are they're going to be honest about their facility and hopefully that's they take care in it that it's clean that they make sure every student every person who walks in is welcome there um on that another thing simple make sure they have a website (laughs) yeah uh there's a lot of martial arts schools and i get it i i used to think this too of man facebook is so big i don't really need a website no they really need a website so if they're doing everything via facebook they might be a great school they're probably just small Mm -hmm. and that's okay maybe they're building up so that that could be that's not necessarily a red flag. That just means that they're probably a small school. Now, if you go there and they don't look like a small school and they just don't have a website, it might be a bit of a red flag of why not. Um, I was looking at a small town dojo, and yeah, they only had a Facebook page. Uh, so, Right. and They it's probably a, didn't have more than a few dozen students. Right, right. 
a lot of places that like teach out of a church or something like that, they'll probably only have a, a Facebook page. They probably don't have a website. And that's fine. That why I wouldn't consider that necessarily a red flag, just something to note of if this is a building and it looks like they have several students, 50 to 100 or more, at that point they should probably have a website. Um, that way you can get information um, and things like that. Uh, the last thing I would say when I'm looking for a dojo online um, I go to their website, we make sure their, their images are there, things of that nature. Make sure all the instructors have their own page. Make sure that the photos kind of match the vibe. See what they say for their, for their school. Kind of look at just the general feel you get from that site. Is this website catered only towards kids? Because there's a lot that do that. Is it catered towards only adults? That can very quickly give you an indication of where that school's focus is. If you're looking for your kid and you want your kid to be in a kid's program and have a lot of fun, and the website looks extremely kid-friendly, that's probably going to be a dojo where the kids just have a lot of fun, and it's all about entertainment. If you see a do uh, website that's a lot of adults and about like fighting and images, that's probably going to be a little more competitive dojo. Not that they don't have a kid's program, that's just what they focus so that's going to help you at least narrow down what you're looking for. If the dojo's kind of split, that's probably a good indicator. I would say that ours is pretty split. Mm -hmm. um, we have, you know, kids and adults. We don't focus on one heavily over the other. That's going to tell you that they try to do both programs. Their, their dojo's not kind of leaning one way or the other. So that might help you at least determine a little bit of what you're looking for. If you want... Um, a heavy competition school, look for a website that looks like that's what they do. But all of that to say, that's only going to give you an indication of what schools to check out. You should still try to get an appointment. You should still go in. You should still check out the school. 99.9% .9 of the schools are going to give you a free trial class. I can't, I've met very few that have charged you for your first class. So most of them are going to give you at least a, a free trial class so you can kind of get a feel for it before you make that final decision. Another quick thing, if you're looking for your kid and you want it to be more than just, like you said, entertainment, but they're learning something and they're getting something out of it, maybe look for if there's families training together. Ooh, because yeah. that shows it's more than just about the kids, that there's families who this is something that they can do together. Training as a family is great. Yeah, and I think we mentioned this in another one, but we have uh, some junior black belts, and most of the ones that make it to that point train with their family. They train with a parent or a sibling. The, the kids that train on their own, not that they don't make it, tend to be a little bit more of a struggle for them to do so. So, yeah, looking for families is a great one. And that shows a good environment, too, especially for your kids. The last thing I've been wanting to talk about this whole time is... Look for a school that doesn't take themselves too seriously. And let me explain what I mean. I have seen the culture of some schools that is very much, and this goes back to the instruct, instructors we were talking about earlier, where they take everything so traditional, so seriously, that there's almost that click of the students who have been there a while, the black belts, they've kind of got their own you know, secret group. It's, it's, mm -hmm. and we can talk a lot more about this another time, but look for a school that like the instructors are having fun and that they interact with the students and that they don't think they're above the students. <laughs> I think, I think it's, it's look to see if they're smiling. Yeah. I cannot stand it when I see all these Instagram, Facebook pictures and, it's fine to do a serious picture every now and then, but when everyone looks so serious and they, no, they're smiling, they're hugging each other. Like, yeah, I've seen like, a few, that's that community. Few pictures of our students recently where like we take a group picture and sometimes we say, all right, serious pose, and some of the faces they give like while trying to look serious. Yeah, some people can't do well, it. One of our students testing for their junior black belt this week. I saw a picture when he was probably seven, eight, trying to look serious, and it's. He has the silliest face ever. It's great. <laughs> right. 
they you want you want a school that's going to be open and welcoming and you want someone that's going to you know really invest in you and be you know have a good time with it it's great to get serious and it's great to have your hardcore training but really like i i've said this every person has the right to learn martial arts and defend themselves and if you're a casual average person that works a normal job and you can't commit your entire life to working out and going and fighting in a cage that doesn't mean you can't find a school for you most schools um should be able to accommodate the average person uh i think our other instructor deb talks about um when you're working out you know your standard horses should work out with your plow horses, should work out with your thoroughbreds. They should all be able to go together. Some might be there to race, some might be there to work, and some might be there um, because it's something that they, they want to do and they just like to have fun. They should all be able to do it together and get that benefit out of it. So when you're looking for a school, look for that kind of a community. And at the end of the day, find one that you personally click with and connect with. That, that's going to tell you what school to go to. Yeah, There's no one best dojo. Um, some will have pluses, minuses. Uh, if I'm in a dojo, I think that's a huge plus um, because I'm awesome. Uh, I guess you're there too. Um, <laughs> I'm glad you don't have too much of an ego. I'd get a little worried. No, definitely not. <laughs> but yeah, if martial arts, like we've been saying, is something you're interested in... Uh, I hope you hear this episode and you have an idea of what to look for. If you're already doing martial arts, um, keep an eye out for those things in your school. See those things that they do really well to put pride into their dojo, into their students, into what they do. Yeah, or or leave us a comment, uh, ask a question. Uh, if you have any more questions where I went to a website and I saw this, is this good, is this bad? Um, I'd be more than happy to, to kind of give you some feedback on it. Uh, so yeah and let if me you know. have any general questions um, in a few weeks we're going to be doing a Q&A episode so send us your questions and we will love to give you answers to whatever you have on your mind related to martial arts fantastic well thank you guys so much for listening I appreciate it uh, we'll be putting more of these episodes out um, on a regular basis I hope you guys enjoy listening to them uh, where can they find all these episodes? I know we've added some places. Uh, you can find them on pretty much anywhere that you listen to podcasts. If you are looking for a podcast, can't find it, let me know, and I'll try to get it added to that site. Yeah, that way we can uh, get more people listening in. That'd be a lot of fun. All right, keep kicking. All right, for a living. <laughs> <laughs>